everybody. Welcome back. Today, I am recording episode three of Hello Thursday podcast. And like last week's episode, I am recording this one the day it is being published, which is something that I'm not too proud of, but it's kind of just what's happening because I'm still trying to get back into my uh, productive groove, Um, not with this podcast, but just with life in general. So it's um it's been a little hard to motivate myself but I'm doing it I'm getting it done so that's something that's uh um me inching a little closer to a goal I have set for myself so um yeah and today's episode is a good one it 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 talks about a really interesting topic that I feel like I have a lot to say about so I don't know if this episode is going to be long or really short because I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna ramble as much but I'll I'll stop um prologuing the episode and just get on with it but oh sorry I just bumped my chair against the desk but before I start I do want to do like a recap on my week because I have some things to share um so as many of you know or as none of you know I am a senior in college. I am a second semester senior starting now in January 7th, and I'm happy to report that I applied for graduation. And yes, that does not mean that I am graduating yet, but it's it's the next step to do it. And I almost had a mini breakdown yesterday morning because in my university you have to have at least 102 credits to just apply but guess how many I had 102 so the online um, system wasn't really working for me so I was freaking out I was talking to my advisor I was in hysterics I I'm not kidding I should probably send my advisor Andrea Shout out to you. I'm going to send her like an edible arrangement or something when and if I graduate because she has done so much for me and put up with so much of my craziness. I I mean I've I've um I've sent her like requests for for voice voice for phone appointments because I work whenever she has time slots available, which is just my luck my luck. But it takes her a while to see the comment because it says you have to choose the location, which is my campus. And then in the comments, I write it in all caps, phone appointment, please call this number. But um, I feel like it takes like she doesn't read it all the way. So I just call her like mine was at 11 yesterday and at, at 1059, I was calling her office. I was like, redial, 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 please, Andrea, pick up. And around 11.07, she picked up and she was awesome. Well, she called me back. So, yeah, I harass her way too much. And, but she's fantastic. The advisors, thank you for all of you do, for all that you do. I know it's your job, but she's really saving my butt out there. And I hope I can graduate with all of the help she's given me. So, yeah, I was freaking out because... It said I needed 102 credits, but she was like, it's okay, it's totally fine. You're just going to have to apply manually, call this number, and then have them apply for you. And I spoke to this really sweet woman named Angela. I called her Angela at the end, and I felt kind of cringy, but her name was Angela, which sounds a lot nicer than Angela. Sorry to any Angelas out there. 
But um, this lady, Angela, was really, really nice. And she's like, okay, perfect. I applied for you. You should be getting notifications come February. And I was like, thank you so much. Um, but I took down some like proof that I spoke to her just in case things go away. You know, you got to be safe. But yeah, that was my... um. <laughs> my big deal and but that didn't end there I, after i spoke with andrea and angela and all these people and i was like okay great i'm graduating life decided to laugh in my face and i got an email that said one of your classes is canceled and i have to sign up for another um another section of that class and to anyone else, you'd think, oh, okay, no big deal. I'll just go on my portal and do it myself really quickly. But this girl right here is at excess credits. Why? Because I came from a college, an honors college, that did all of the pick your classes, be in charge of your credit stuff for me. So I never had to worry about that. So I was extremely spoiled. And when I got to my university now, after two years, you kind of have to keep track of everything yourself. Like it's all on you. And that was really new to me. So um, I didn't know how it worked. So when I, I'm checking to see if, like this is months ago, I'm checking to see if I'm ready to graduate in the spring. And this lady's like, yeah, you're barely a senior. And I was like, uh, what? She's like, yeah, you still have like a lot more credits left. So guess who's taking seven classes next semester? This girl. It's not 21 credits. It's only 20 because one class is worth two. But I'm going to be fine. I mean, it's three in-person classes and four online classes. And I had like two years back in my old, um, my old college where I took only took six classes a semester, which is what I probably should have done um now instead of taking four for like a year straight but it's all right i can do this i'll make it through it's honestly not as bad as everyone think it is thinks it is the lady who um had to process my enrollment edit form because oh that's why i couldn't sign up for it because i had to get approval from the dean of my department and then run to campus and submit it as soon as possible before it filled up but luckily i got in i kind of bribed my boyfriend with a burger not really because i i was like hey i'm on my way to bring you this burger um do you want to print this form out for me and drive with me to my school so you could like stay in the car and I won't have to park because if you're in college, you know that parking is the absolute worst at any time of day and that would have taken me 45 minutes and I got there at 5.45, 5 5.50 and it closed at 6. So I was saved by the bell and I owe Chris, my boyfriend, my absolute life because if that class would have been full and I had to do this process all over again, I really don't know what it, what would have happened. So that was my speedy day yesterday. It was really busy. And I kept on saying, you know, the devil were, the devil works hard, but I work harder. <laughs> like like Chris that um Chris Jenner meme that says the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder because each time something controversial or scandalous happens with one of her daughters, they get like a book deal out of it or they get like a, a special, they always get paid for it. So 
yeah, that was my Kris Jenner moment yesterday. And I was really proud of it. But I just had to vent. I've probably told this story to like seven people. And by seven people, I mean my boyfriend and my mom. But um, I feel like I repeat things so much that I forget who I say things to. But I had to say it on air because why not, you know? Um, but yeah, that was my little escapade yesterday, which is really stressful. But you know when you do something really really stressful or really really challenging and you're just pressed for time and you feel really stressed but the second it happens it just you just diffuse and you feel so relaxed so that was incredible yesterday and I'm really really glad that I got it all done so you see don't leave for tomorrow what you can do today that's my motto and Speaking of today, today we're going to be talking about the human's search for identity or identity crises because this girl has had a lot of them herself. So I'm basically um, preaching to the public right now, but also to myself because I have had one too many identity crises like most people have I can imagine I like to pretend I'm really unique and I'm like nobody is struggling as bad as I am I'm the worst I'm a loser but I'm sure everyone feels like a loser at some point in their life I'm pretty sure about that so honestly we're not as alone as we think we are it, it can be really easy to think we are because the person who we're around the most is ourselves so when that happens, you get to get to nitpick everything about yourself and you get to doubt everything and you're like, oh my goodness, there is so much wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And I see other happy people or I scroll through my feed and everyone's okay, but I'm the one battling inner turmoil, but everyone else is too. And I'm really bad at forgetting that and just thinking that I'm so unique and so individualistic and guess what? <laughs> that's what my Enneagram number told me I am. So that's a perfect segue into the topic of self-discovery. Because this girl um, found out about Enneagram numbers through um, fellow podcaster and blogger extraordinaire Katie Bellotti from um, Thick and Thin Podcast. I was watching her, no, I was watching her Instagram story, and she shared her Enneagram number. She said, oh, I'm a type 7, and I was like, oh, how interesting. I always kind of buy into these, um, like, identity fads because I'm just kind of interested, and I was looking, looking into it, and I took the test, the Enneagram test, which is free and simple, and you should take it if you're curious, but... Um, I'll link it down below in the episode notes so you can check it out. But yeah, so I looked it up and I told myself, all right, with this one, Leslie, you're just going to be as honest as possible because you know how we like to um, gloss over the truth sometimes. And it's one that asks, this test is one that asks yes, maybe, and no questions. So for example, one of them was like, um, do you get... Um, like pleasure from giving gifts or something like that, something around those notes. 
And the answers were yes, no, and maybe. And for me, that was a hard yes, because if you know me, you know I love giving gifts, and that's one of my love languages. There you go. Love languages. That's another um, type of self-discovery quiz, you could argue. Um, there's actually a lot of them that I've researched, but yeah. Um, but I took this quiz, the Enneagram test, and my scores were very inconclusive. I was caught dead between two numbers. So there are different types of people that you can be in this test. There are type ones through nine. So there's nine different types you could be. But you can also have wings. And what wings are um, in your uh, Enneagram figurine, because it's kind of like a a figure and that's how that's what the actual enneagram is it has like nine points you can actually have a wing in another point or, or i think it's another you can have another wing in one or two points which is like you're mainly uh this but you're also sub blah 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 so that's kind of like a clear indication of what your score is and how you're defined by this test so I was caught dead between a two and a four. And um, I'm going to look up really quick what Enneagram two and four are. Because so I kind of just chose my own, if that makes sense. I identified myself, which I don't think is what you're supposed to do, um, as a... 4.3, and I'll explain a little bit about that later. But let's get on to my what I got caught dead between the two, which is Enneagram Type 2, the helper, caring, interpersonal type, generous, demonstrative, people pleasing, and possessive. Ooh, hmm, let's see. It says Type 2 in brief, twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm hearted. They're friendly, generous, and self sacrificing. Kind of general, all right but they are also sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. Their basic fear is of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved, basic desire to feel loved. Um, and it, stocks, it talks about like Enneagram 2s with certain wings and what that means, but it says that the key motivations of 2s are to want to be loved, to express their feelings for others, to be needed, appreciated, essentially mainly a big people person but what really interested me about this type of of test about the enneagram test is that it also um it talks about the unhealthy levels of each type so it says the type two um level eight says domineering and coercive coercive feel entitled to get anything they want from others the repayment of old debts uh, debts money sexual favors and it also says can be manipulative this is level seven now that i'm talking about manipulating manipulative self-serving instilling guilt by telling others how much they owe them and make them suffer abuse food and medications to stuff feelings and get sympathy undermine people, disparaging remarks, extremely self-deceptive about their motives and how 
aggressive or selfish that can they can be. So it says that all type twos are capable of this. And I'm not going to lie. I got a little scared because I thought, wow, this, this has been me. You know, I've felt like that many a times. So this, this isn't too far off. So that was two. I also didn't get any wings as my initial score. I got sub scores and I'll get onto those later. But then I also got type four, the individualist, which is the sensitive, introspective type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. And I was like, yeah, that sounds a lot like me. (laughs) Um, But fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. Ding, ding, ding. Sounds like me. They typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. At their best, they are inspired and highly creative. They're able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. Now, they're basics. Their basic fears are that they have no identity or personal significance. This has been, it's crazy because I kind of came into this episode thinking these things and these tests were kind of a bust, but yeah, that's my, that's my basic fear. Not to not be unloved, not to be unloved. That's why um, I really didn't um, choose to identify as a two even though I would agree that I'm caught dead between both. But I do kind of um, identify more with a four, and their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance to create and an identity. And that is exactly what this episode is about. The search for identity. Now let's read some unhealthy levels because I think those are kind of eye-opening. It says, when dreams fail, become self-inhibiting and angry at times, depressed and alienated from self and others, blocked and emotionally paralyzed, ashamed of self, fatigued and unable to function. Level eight, tormented by delusional self-contempt, self-reproaches, self-hatred, and morbid thoughts. Everything is a source of torment blaming others they drive they drive anyone away who tries to help them level nine despairing feel hopelessness and become self-destructive possibly abusing alcohol or drugs to escape i don't do that i don't i don't drink don't do drugs in the extreme emotional breakdown or suicide is likely yikes um but yeah can have avoidant depressive and narcissistic personality disorders <sighs> some real stuff right there um but yeah those are the types i caught i got caught dead between but the um the one i chose was 4.4 w3 which is a four with a wing of three and it's deemed as the aristocrat really interesting Um, let's go look at type three so we can learn a little more about my wing. This is a lot of, uh, this is a very, uh, Leslie episode. Okay. Three, the achiever, the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. 
they are self-assured, attractive, and charming. Ho ho ho! I'm, I'm self-assured, attractive, and charming at a wing. No, they're also ambitious, competent, and energetic. They are stat- status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Basic fear of being worthless. Basic desire to feel valued and valuable and worthwhile. No, um, they just want to be affirmed by others. That's what I'm getting here and where are the levels let's read unhealthy levels level seven fearing failure and humiliation they can be ex oh that was my stomach they can be exploitative and opportunistic covetous of the success of others and willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the illusion of their superiority level eight devious and deceptive so that their mistakes and wrongdoings will not be exposed they become vindictive attempting to ruin others happiness this is level nine now relentless obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures i've done that so many times oh my goodness you don't know how many novels i have ripped to shreds like handwritten not incomplete novels that i've started just ripped them to shed to shreds because i just didn't want to see them i could not just could not you know accept that generally corresponds to the narcissistic personality disorder hmm, sociopathic behavior oh psychopathic behavior totally different things i'm not going to confuse them but that is my wing. My wing in three. Yes, this was one of the options. So I don't, it, told, it told me you are caught dead between um, two and four. We have wings in um, one, two, and three. I think that's what it told me. But the wing in three really, really set off some alarms. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. So that was my experience with the Enneagram test. And I was honestly going to go into this podcast and be like, ha, 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 this test thought it could describe me. But it really does. These things really do sound like me. And I was kind of shocked when I read it just now. I'm having like a live reaction to this. But yeah, these things kind of, they really ring like me. I can't, I can't deny it. I can't really fake that that's not me because I really do those things so guilty um but that was my experience with the enneagram test so katie bilotti i feel like she she is right in discovering it more and doing more research on the subject i feel like she's reading a book i might buy it too because i'm kind of interested now i am i am becoming one of the people i thought i would talk about in this episode but there are different degrees of the type of people I'm going to talk about. So let me just get into that. Um, I'm talking about the people uh, who right now, maybe, maybe in a new year, new me mentality. But guess what? Um, You just don't become a different person because the clock strikes at midnight on December 31st. You don't. It takes a long time. So, um, that's not as easy to do. And when people realize that, when people want to change, they kind of look for the best forms of change. 
they'll look to other sources, where it be the Enneagram test, the Myers-Briggs, which is another um, really interesting personality test, which I've actually had to take several times on occasion of it being an assignment. So for school, so that's interesting. Um, But yeah, people will go to these tests and these external sources to find um, identity for self-discovery. And that doesn't mean that you're a necessarily like an insecure person, even though it can be. And there's no negative connotation to that because we're all insecure in some way. And insecure just means that you have a lacking of security in one aspect of your life. It just doesn't mean you're like less or better than anyone else. It just means you're lacking something. And we are all, we are all lacking something, whether it be emotional or physical or mental, we're all lacking something. You know, we're not all whole. We're not all complete. But um, there are certain methods that people seek out to find this this hidden identity about them. Enneagram is one of them. Another is Meyer Briggs. Horoscopes. <sighs> uh, horoscopes. Um, my aunt is a really big believer of horoscopes, so I'm not going to talk too bad about them. But um, I come from a very spiritually spiritually aware family. I'm Hispanic, so there is a part of Hispanic culture that's very Catholic, that is very uh, religious. It's very spiritual in nature, not so much religious, more spiritual. So horoscopes can be, you know, a big aspect of that. I remember my aunt was always like, you're a Taurus, Leslie, this and that, this, that's the Taurus in you, this and that. And I've seen people who are like, oh yeah, I'm not going to date him because he's an Aries and I'm a Virgo and that doesn't match. But in reality, I don't know if those things match or not. And I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone here. I'm just expressing what I've seen. And I'm going to talk about the negative side of that because when you let your horoscope, which is, I think, supposed to be like a filter, kind of like a, a, a sheet, a cheat sheet on what people are. Like if a girl is a Sagittarius, for example, just off the top of my head, I named that, and she comes across this really, really cute guy, and they've gone on three dates and everything's going well, but all of a sudden, she's like, oh, what's your birthday? And he's like, oh, um, my birthday is May 9th. And he's, and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Shoves breadsticks into purse and exits out of the restaurant. Um, she's like, sorry, I can't date you because you're a Taurus and I'm a Sagittarius. And it says that we don't work together because you're supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And I'm supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And those things are not supposed to go well together. So I'm saving myself the heartbreak and I'm also preventing and getting to know you and hurting myself and forming any type of spiritual connection, emotional connection to you. So I'm just going to peace out because the stars told me that we're not meant to be together. So bye. What? (laughs) There are people like that, you know? People are like, you're toxic because you're a cancer and I'm not friends with a cancer. How elitist is that? 
I know a lot of people don't see horoscopes this way, but the ones that do, honey, get some help. Um, I just know that I'm a Taurus and I'm stubborn and I'm like, yeah, I am stubborn, but I can be stubborn for a multitude of reasons, not because I was born on May 13th, 1997, and I have a moon in Leo, which I do, by the way, because that's, you know, but yeah, and blah, 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 and that's why I'm stubborn, and that's why I'm tenderhearted, and that's why I'm emotional, because I was born this day, and all the other people who are also born this day, and I all have this similar trait, we were raised differently. We're from different places, but I'm supposed to believe that um, in this new moon, fortune will greet all of us who are born in May 13, just because we were born that day and that's it. I don't think that really defines a person. Maybe it does. Maybe there's some um, scientific backing to this and all scientists out there are laughing at my face right now, but I don't buy it. Mm-mm. No, no, I'm not buying it. I've seen way too many Twitter posts about girls being like, um, yeah, I'm a Virgo. And if you're a Gemini, honey, not gonna work. I promise I don't have it out for Virgos. My brother's a Virgo and I love him to death. It's just one of the horoscope signs that came to my head, please. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and... That's that's a pretty big one. The horoscopes, when people really dedicate their lives, there's jewelry made out of your horoscopes, your star alignments, this and that. And I, I have a bunch of Taurus, I have a few Taurus uh, pieces, Taurus paraphernalia, but it's just because it's cutesy and, you know, yeah, I was born this day, I'm a Taurus, blah, 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 the little bull, ha, 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 but I don't know. Also, um, what's interesting, that the, the Chinese, I feel like it's the Chinese, they do the um, the year, like the year of the tiger, the year of the ox, the year of the bull. I think I'm the year of the bull, the year of the ox, because I thought it was really funny how I was a Taurus and a bull. So I'm like, wow, I'm double stubborn <laughs> because I'm double an ox. I think it's the year of the ox. But yeah, um, that's 97. People who are born in 96 are the rat, I believe. That reminds me of that really funny um, video about... <laughs> about this lady that's talking to herself and she's like you are just a rat looking for a food and do you know what i'm talking about probably not but if you if if you've um if you've seen this video then you know exactly what i'm talking about but that's what that reminded me of the year of the rat ah um that's another one myers-briggs which is i feel like has a lot a little more um of a scientific backing to it so that one's that one's a little bit more believable than the Enneagram, even though I think I, re I relate to my Enneagram results more than my buyers, Myers-Briggs. And in Myers-Briggs, I am an INTJ, INFJ, INFJ. I believe I am, yes. So look that up if you want, or maybe I'll tell you about it later. Who knows? This podcast is just going places. Um, and another one that I wrote down here <laughs> that's really funny to me is Hogwarts houses. <gasps> what? Yeah, Hogwarts houses, like from the Harry Potter book series. Like if you go to um, pottermore.com, you can take the sorting quiz, the sorting hat, if you um, haven't read Harry Potter is, or seen the movies, which you probably have. Uh, it's this weird old hat that talks and gets placed upon your head. And the second it does so, it tells you what type of house you're in. And the houses are Gryffindor, which are the brave knight 
knightly people. Uh, Harry Potter is a Gryffindor, and so are Ron and Hermione, his uh, his um, his friends. There is Hufflepuff, which I guess are like the not to be mean, but I guess Hufflepuffs are the they're very nice. <laughs> like they're not a lot, but they're very very nice. And then there's Ravenclaw, which are the intellectual ones, and they love to read, and they're really studious and smart. And I think Hufflepuffs are also supposed to be really like funny and stuff and charismatic. But and then there's Slytherin. Ah, Slytherin, where all of the bad guys, most of the bad guys in Harry Potter fall into the bad, bad guys. So Slytherin always has a negative connotation. And guess who was classified as Slytherin upon taking the test for the first time? Yep, me. But there's a lot of Slytherin pride out there, apparently, because apparently Draco Malfoy, um, Harry Potter's foil throughout the series, is beloved by many a fine girl, a fangirl. Like, there's a big fan base about him. So, I mean, I guess there is about anyone, but yeah. People like bad guys. If you're going to learn anything from this episode, learn that people like bad guys. <laughs> um, probably not the most like a uh, stimulating lesson but it's true people like bad guys people like what what's taboo what they can't have but yeah people classify themselves like describe themselves find meaning in their pottermore houses go to your um friends list see how many people have their um harry potter house in their bio yeah probably at least one at least one person has that uh, so yeah and people fight over this like, oh my gosh, you're a Hufflepuff? No wonder you're such a dweeb. I am a Ravenclaw and I'm like so much smarter than you. So that's so weird. <laughs> Why do people do this? Why do people like the sense of community, but also the sense of entitlement that comes with community? As in, like, I am a Gryffindor. I am the same type of classification is harry potter the main character in this book that means i'm special i'm gifted i'm better than you in some way i know people might not be thinking that directly but that's what it means and that gives them that sense of peace you know that brings them that sense of community i'm sure there are a bunch of group chats there of like harry potter houses so there's even like quizzes that are like what celebrity is of what harry potter house so, uh, it's just so much invol involvement over something that a lady wrote. And I'm not saying, oh, it's because a lady wrote it. I'm just, it's a man-made concept. Get over it, you know? You're not a bitch because you were a Slytherin, Tina. You're a bitch because you're a bitch. <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no other way to say it. Stop stop uh you know justifying these things people will sometimes do that too with their horoscopes or this and that they're like oh, i can't help i'm a bitch i'm a virgo i'm sorry to virgos but i'm picking on you for this video not that the, you deserve it it's just the sign that comes up that pops up in my head but well, yeah Brittany, i didn't respond to your text message because i'm a virgo and virgos are supposed to be bitches so get used to it if you want to be my friend you gemini like cringe ultimate cringe compilation right here but 
I'm sorry for all these accents, and I'm sorry if your name is Brit- Brittany. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I probably shouldn't have to apologize, but I'm doing it to be safe because you got to be careful with that these days. But yeah, so all of these things, all of these types brings this weirdest sense of community. And um, everyone loves community until they don't fit into one. And there's the catch. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm this, I'm this and that. And then when they add themselves to the Ravenclaw uh, support chat or whatever they're called, then all of a sudden they're like, I don't like this. I don't think I fit in with these Ravenclaws, but we all fit into something and I'm a Ravenclaw, so I'm, I guess I'm supposed to like it, even though I hate all of these people. And that creates like a melancholic, resentful attitude and you're like oh shit I don't fit in here you know what am I and that's happened to me a lot and I feel like that's why I identify with a type four in the Enneagram test Enneagram Enneagram test but yeah I'm like oh shit I don't belong here I don't pay I don't feel good here like in high school I was like Mm, there's so many clicks, and I don't fit into any of these boxes. I guess I'm I'm the theater click because I really love acting as an art form and as a passion, but mm, I don't have the same sort of willful desires these people have, you know? I'm not willing to talk someone down just so they'll do bad at an audition to psych them out. No, I'm not. I don't care it that much about that stuff and that's kind of dumb if you do that and really a jerk move so I'm not I wasn't I really didn't think I I really didn't think I fit into many communities and I felt really left out just all through my life kind of I just like went into the one that I felt described me the best or the one I can talk I could tolerate for the longest amount of time and that really doesn't create any self-enjoyment so that's kind of the negatives of the search for self-identity and this like selfish need to find community which is normal it's completely human we all do it you know if you love painting naturally you're going to be friends with another painter or something right but it, it can also make you feel really lonely if you don't fit into one of these things that's another negative it's it's never good and a lot of people will dedicate their lives to self-discovery but in reality self-discovery comes to you and I have learned more about myself by pushing my limits and by working full-time and being a full-time student and doing all these things and throwing myself into completely new professions that I had absolutely no backings for and in risking it all and seeing how I handled that that's how I found a bit of myself. And mind you, there's a lot of work to do still, but that's what taught me the most. That's what opened my eyes and was like, wow, I can handle this. When, um, you know, I went through certain challenges last year and they really tested who I was as a person. But the fact that I came back strong and was able to kind of hold on to it, um, there was a big drama in my family surrounding this um this this great injustice that this girl did to my family that sounds really vague but essentially she faked a pregnancy 
And once she faked that pregnancy with my cousin, um, she faked a miscarriage. And once she faked a miscarriage, it turned out she was actually pregnant. We don't know if it's his child yet or not, but yeah, that happened. And that really tested who I was as a person because I cried a lot when I thought my um, niece was dead. So, <laughs> okay, this is weird. <laughs> but yeah, that got a little emotional there and I'm not, I don't want to go into it too much, but it was just a lot of anger and disappointment and a lot of frustration because there's bad people like that out there who do that sort of thing. And it tested who I was as a person, but I kind of was able to bring, to calm myself down and be like, it's all right. It's fine. Life goes on. This really bad thing happened to my family and I, but we're over it. We're going to come back stronger and deal with things as they happen. And that's fine. We're not going to dwell on them. It's not going to eat us up. It's not going to hurt us. It's just going to make us come back stronger and better than we were before. So, yeah, it takes tough times to learn how to come out of them. Sorry, my brother really sneezed really loud. But yeah, like, um, like, like how they say, if you want the rainbow, you're going to have to put up with some rain. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. That's how life is. So if you're struggling with the search for identity right now, it's all going to be okay. You're going to find your place. You're going to find your people. And if not, create your own place and create your own people. You know, create your own community or feel at home within yourself. And that's how things are going to play out for you in the end. Just you're going to be better off doing that, I feel. But on the other hand, if you love your community, you love where you, where you are and you feel safe, that's awesome. That really is. I applaud you. You're doing a fantastic job. Keep doing it, you know? Don't change your mind unless you they give you a reason to. But stay happy. Don't doubt yourself. Okay. That is it for today's episode. Got a little deep in that, but everything's fine. I'm good. Don't worry about me. Everything is fine, or it's all going to be fine if it's not right now. Have a very, very happy, productive Thursday, and I'll see you next week. Bye.